Hi, welcome to Office Hours with Janelle Vu and Anil Desange. We go over mix-up internal medicine questions with expert IM docs in the field here at UC Davis. So I have Dr. Mola here with me today. Yeah, thanks so much, Janelle. Thanks for inviting me here. This is item 24 from the pulmonary section of Mixap. A 40-year-old man who is a new patient is evaluated for a six-month history of mild shortness of breath, which occurs primarily with exertion and also occasional wheezing. He has smoked half a pack of cigarettes daily since the age of 18. He's otherwise healthy and takes no meds. He works in an automobile repair shop. His father, a cigarette smoker, died of emphysema at the age of 55 years. On physical examination, vital signs are normal, breath sounds are diminished bilaterally, and there is occasional wheezing posteriorly. Spirometry shows an FEV1 of 58% of predicted and an FEV1 over FVC ratio of 65%. Chest radiograph shows bilateral basilar lucency, lung bullet. Which of the following is the most appropriate next step in management? A. Measure plasma alpha-1 antitrypsin. B. Measure sweat chloride. C. Obtain a flow volume loop. D. Obtain high-resolution CT scan of the chest. Okay, so this is an interesting one. And uh, here, uh, I think the point of the question is uh, for you to recognize a relatively rare uh, disease uh, and come up with uh, the best test that actually makes the diagnosis. All right. So a couple of things uh, in the STEM which catch your eye. 40-year-old, so relatively young patient, works in an automobile repair shop. Uh, whenever I think of automobile repair shop, I think of toxic exposure. You know, I think some big buzzwords on some of these board exams. Gas station attendant uh, that's associated with hydrocarbon exposure. Do you know what hydrocarbon exposure, which lung disease that's associated with? No, I don't. So good pasture, uh, oh, good pasture syndrome. Interesting. So, and then other buzzwords, radio shop, beryliosis, statue sculpting associated with silicosis. But anyway, um, so automobile re- repair shop, and he has a pretty significant tobacco history. But then the other thing is that his, his dad died of emphysema at a very young age, relatively 55 years. So making you think that this is genetic... So automatically, thinking of genetic diseases with exposure to tobacco, and then on physical exam, spermometry shows an FEV1 of 58%, so markedly reduced. And I think the, the number to remember in terms of normal with uh, spirometry and uh, PFTs is 80% roughly. So if it's less than 80%, then it's abnormal. Now, he has a predictive... FEV1 to FEC ratio of 65%, so a very low FEV1 to FEC ratio, which is really the hallmark of obstructive lung disease. All those other diseases like that I had mentioned a little while ago, like silicosis and uh, whatnot, those are restrictive lung diseases, uh, and restrictive lung diseases have a normal or high FEV1 to FEC ratio. So automatically we're dealing with an obstructive lung disease. And then the other piece of important information is that the chest x-ray shows bilateral basal or lucency or lung bullet. So based on this, we know that we've got a young man with obstructive lung disease and a tobacco history implying alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. And so the one test out of all that we're offered that would make the diagnosis is to actually measure 
the plasma alpha-1 antitrypsin level. Now a couple of things about alpha-1 antitrypsin uh, deficiency. So it is a rare disorder that causes uh, COPD, and you can actually check uh, plasma levels. What I like to remember is that tobacco smoke, tobacco exposure in and of itself could cause COPD, and the way that I remember the characteristics is that smoke rises. Mm -hmm. So on chest x-ray, tobacco causes emphysematous or lung bulli disease at the apices, and that's how you differentiate from alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency by chest x-ray. Alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency causes basal lucency or emphysematous disease at the bases, whereas smoking causes the apices. The other thing with regards to pathophys is that the alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency causes panacinar emphysema. So acinus, that's Latin for a bunch of grapes, and so that's referring to the anatomy. So we have the main stem bronchi, which branches out to the main stem bronchus, which forms the two bronchi, which breaks into the bronchioles, which ends at the acinus. So tobacco smoke, you know, usually reaches the central portion of the acinus. So it causes central acinar emphysema as opposed to panacinar from alpha-1 antitrypsin. So in a relatively young person, that would be by measuring the alpha-1 antitrypsin levels, we could make the diagnosis. Now going into the other options, B, measure the sweat chloride. And you know what sweat chloride disease that rules out? Um, cystic fibrosis. Okay, great, great. Now some things about cystic fibrosis. What commonly gets tested is genetics. Cystic fibrosis is autosomal recessive, and it's one of the most common genetic abnormalities in Caucasian race. So usually you see it in patients that are a lot younger, but with better treatments, we're seeing it in patients uh, as they get older and older. Now, the hallmark of cystic fibrosis is that its alteration in chloride and water transport across apical surfaces of epithelial cells. And, you know, the epithelial cells could be in the GI system, uh, they can be in the reproductive system. And what happens is there's abnormal mucus production, all right? So for that reason, cystic fibrosis patients get profound constipation. They're usually infertile uh, because of the mucus production. The very first presentation a lot of times in CF patients is a meconium ileus uh, when they're born. And in the lungs, uh, because uh, of this mucus production, they're prone to bronchiectasis. And what happens is this uh, mucus gets trapped in the bronchi, and it develops into uh, architectural changes. This severe bronchiectasis uh, uh, predisposes them to recurrent lung infections with very resistant organisms like Pseudomonas, MRSA, uh, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. Uh, and so these architectural changes, you usually see them on the chest x-ray, and it's not subtle. I think most of us would be able to uh, see these x-ray findings. They're, they're pretty blatant, and they show hyperinflation, bronchovascular markings, cysts, severe bronchiectasis where the lung architecture is distorted. So, you know, the chest x-ray in, in this patient's stem makes it pretty unlikely. Also, he is uh, a little bit older, and as I mentioned, cystic fibrosis is being diagnosed later and later. However, 40 is still on the high side in terms of making a diagnosis of cystic fibrosis. And then the other thing is that CF patients, uh, they tend to have a lot of coughing, you know, uh, coughing up thick sputum, purulent, 
and uh, recurrent uh, pneumonias. So all of these make cystic fibrosis rather unlikely, so we wouldn't get a sweat chloride test. Now the next answer is C, obtain a flow volume loop, which is always a great answer mm -hmm. to put down, but in this particular question, they want you to come up with a test that actually makes a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. We know from the FEV1 and the FEV1 to FVC ratio uh, that the patient has an obstructive lung disease. Now a flow volume loop, that could help you to distinguish uh, different types of obstructive lung disease, for example, upper airway obstruction. However, uh, there's nothing to suggest upper airway obstruction, uh, for example, strider. And the chest x-ray, if the chest x-ray was completely normal, or if they had, for example, a symptom suggestive of asthma, other symptoms, uh, then uh, the flow volume loop might be reasonable to pursue. But uh, in this case, we have something on chest x-ray, and we don't have any other symptoms suggestive of upper airway obstruction. Okay, and then uh, finally, high-risk CT scan. Uh, again, you know, a, a CT scan would be a great test to get. However, they want you to pick out the one uh, test that would make the diagnosis in this rare disorder in the question stem. So uh, it would be useful. Uh, in evaluating the extent of disease, and, uh, but uh, not in terms of uh, making the diagnosis in this case. Great. So if you were to sum this case up in one sentence so that students have something to remember from it, how would you do that? So we see COPD a lot. Uh, it's one of those bread and butter diagnoses that we see all the time uh, in medicine. And if you ever see COPD in someone young, like less than 55, you always have to think of uh, alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. And the thing about alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency is that it is treatable. So if you are able to make the diagnosis, especially when they're young, then you can treat them and uh, possibly hinder uh, some of the lasting debilitating effects of chronic COPD. Now, for the purposes of the of your board exams, the question here, be able to recognize it in the question stem and be able to order the one test that will make the diagnosis, which is the alpha-1 antitrypsin levels. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Office Hours with Janelle and Anil. This was recorded and edited by us, us. and made possible by UC Davis Doctoring 4.